Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Where we always accept your real estate-related questions by phone and by text. Before we say hi to Chris and Andy, let me give you those numbers. Phone number is 651-989-9226. Uh, text number is 81807. You know, we, we've never done this before as an opening. Yes. But we should take that call because the call's already in. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's say if, uh, your, your say buddy. say hi to Andy? Okay. Yeah, Andy, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. We are already getting phone calls. Can you believe that? Well, <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact. I love our listeners. I love our listeners. They're great. All right, before we chat amongst you guys, let's uh, get Jim and Shoreview's question. I'm not sure what the question is, but thanks for hanging on, Jim. What is your question for the guys? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh my question is, if say if a person was thinking of selling their house and they got appliances and the, the kitchen appliances are you know, five to ten years old, would it be a good idea to re, uh, replace them with stainless steel before you even put it on the market? I'll tell you what, Jim. I think that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's typically a good idea, but it, it depends, um, like, what shape your appliances are in. Um, we had uh, a listing that, you know, everyone says stainless steels. That's where, yeah. the way you got to go uh, just because it's the most updated. But we had some people that had white cabinets and also had white appliances, and they kind of worked with it. Mm-hmm. it. It it looked really good. And then another one had black, and that worked all right. But I think it depends on on, on where you are in price range and, um, and that – the appliances that you have actually match. That's what we run into a lot where people are, uh, you know, the the range went out and they replaced the range and that's stainless steel. And then the fridge goes out and they did that, but they didn't do uh, the microwave or the dishwasher. At that point, you want to make those both stainless steel for mm-hmm. sure. What do you think, Andy? Um, I agree. I think that the other thing, uh, Jim, to consider is that uh, kitchen remodeling projects are usually done um, in, in phases based on your budget and once you start exploring what do things cost to renovate and update, then you make decisions as to what are the best ROIs. So, for an example, if I had really great shaped cabinets and I went, I go after the countertops and the tile backsplash maybe first, and then I'd look at the appliances as an as the second phase of the remodel. And if that doesn't work, then you can look at you know resurfacing. You can look at a lot of different things. But I definitely do. Um, depending on my budget, you know, if you're going to renovate the whole thing, that's easy. Then listen to your designers and let them tell you what's on trend and, and just uh, go with the professional. But if you're doing it like most listeners do it, um, it's in phases. All right. Very good. Thank you, Jim. And good luck with that. Uh, Andy, I was uh, talk- talking with Chris when he walked into the studio and we were chatting about uh, open houses or when you guys have appointment- appointments to view a uh, home for sale that one of your clients and the home, the homeowner happens to be there. It won't leave. <laughs> We've and had I, that. And I remember, I'm sure it's happened to you guys a lot. I remember it happened to us years ago when we ended up buying this house. But when we were looking at it the first time around, the, uh, the wife was there sitting in the family room, and we're in the kitchen whispering. 
Yep. Uh, yeah. Gee, you're afraid well, you can't I, talk. You can't talk. You sure can't, Danny. And I think that that is what you're doing is that, you know, it's a natural curiosity that we have as a seller to want to be there because we think, you know, we're the only ones that can answer the questions that we're going to make sure that it's a great showing. And what happens is then you really put the emphasis on that it's your house that they're buying versus them buying their new house. And so now it's a whole different demeanor. And like you were saying, Danny, you really don't have that honest conversation when you're there. So you really don't get to experience a true showing when the homeowner's there because you have that common courtesy or professional um, courtesy of, of being nice, right? Yeah, exactly. It, I just, I think it throws it off. I think, I think too, I mean, you talk about that. Number one, it makes you uncomfortable. Very awkward. You can't talk yeah. about things. Uh, you also mentioned on that that her, her stove was really dirty, well, too. Well, it, it could have been, they had a little, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone's worried nowadays about getting recorded, you know, that there's recording devices yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I mean, to me, on our listing agreements, it says that you can't do that. You could be uh, fined, so you can't do that. But I always tell people kind of watch what you're saying, you know, about them. But I'll tell you, a, a homeowner being present at a showing, I think, there's in some cases it's good. Like Andy, you just said that they think they know the house better than anyone. They do. They do know it better than anyone. But when they're doing that, and the, your whole um, it's not it's not my house now. It, it's your house that I'm buying. Is that let's just say I think the best thing about that house is the kitchen, and I'm telling the buyers about it and think it's the greatest thing ever. Well, they're really thinking that that uh, lower den. You know where it's off is is the best place, and then I'm totally taking their focus off something else that they think is really good, and I think that that I mean that really hurts too because then people start thinking, boy, maybe that room downstairs is dumb. Yeah, exactly. I think that you know, Chris, and maybe you over the years have done this too, where sometimes I, I really try to learn the buyer's personalities, and I make sure that my seller's personality those two will uh, melt well together or get along socially together before I just, because if I have two strong personalities that I know they're just going to butt heads and the, the, the other person will say something about not getting the deal they wanted. And then the other person says something about, well, the house is worth more than you wanted to pay for it. And all of a sudden, I mean, like Chris, you and I both had this happen where over like something as simple as a, a negotiating on a couch um, can blow up a whole transaction. And it's, you want to keep your personality out of it because it is a business transaction. Yeah, and there's some cases um, that you have a seller that I, I don't mind them if they're going to talk to that buyer. Correct. You know, because they, they're they not going to just talk, 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 because that's usually what happens. They get nervous, and they start staying everything. But if right. it's a real nice person and it's, it gives that home a better feel, you know, because of who lived there and who those persons are, that, that can sometimes work in our advantage totally. For sure. I think that, you know, Chris, with the uh, acreage, here's a great example um, you know, we've had a couple acreage properties we've sold this spring and we've had our owners that are so proud of the, the properties and, and the neat, unique situation that each property has been in that they'll give a tour on their four wheelers. So we'll get the side by sides, we get the new buyer in there and they drive them around the property, show them where the boundaries are. They show them why this pasture is perfect for horses. You know, you can have your horses eating in here up to four horses till about August and then you have to start feeding them. And all these neat things that, you know, we as a real estate agent wouldn't think of, like the, the putting that person in that house, like you sell, Chris, lifestyle, like Lakeshore or Acreage. I think when there's lifestyle to be sold, that is a great way for somebody to explain how they've enjoyed the property that adds value 
um, beyond just the brochures and stuff. Yeah, that might be, I mean, perfect for like a second showing. You know, I think you got it. if you take them out and put them in there right away, I mean, and they don't like the inside, but they feel obligated to do it, you know, maybe that changes uh, a little too. So I don't know. I, I mean, overall, I would much rather have my sellers gone. And when I, when I mean gone, when the showing's from 10 to 11, that means 930 till noon. I mean, because you just don't want to be around there. Because the other thing is, right. is that that agent who's showing that house is representing that buyer. And if you're around... They're going to ask you questions, and maybe it'll lead into something that they're going to be. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had that happen where the agent tells me, he said, no, they're fine with leaving that swing set. You know, I said, no, the swing set's not included. No, they, that's what they told me. They said they'd be fine to leave it. <laughs> I'm like, right. oh, geez. So it is. I, well, I, and, and don't, don't kid yourself. That agent, if they're a professional, like lots of the agents are that we deal with, they, they're asking you questions where you as a seller are like, oh, geez, that agent's really nice. And what they're doing is they're nicely pulling that information against you for negotiations or for writing an offer that benefits their client or, like, like you just said, it might be over a swing set that you and I might be holding that information back as a leverage tool or as a negotiation tool down the road knowing that somebody's going to ask for it um, in that win-win negotiating strategy, right? And, and then they just gave it away. And so also now they took your ammo away from you to negotiate a strong offer for them. Well, and the problem is, is that if they contradict what you said as the agent and I'm negotiating, now they're not going to believe anything I say. Yeah. You know, and so that's, yeah. that is why it's, it's best to just kind of stay out of it. All right, we're going to take a break. I still think you guys should conspire on writing a book on some of your experiences. <laughs> I, I think, I I think it would be, the chapters would be ear-filling and eye-filling. All right, we have to, again, take a break. If you do have a real estate type of question, 651-989-9226, or send a text if it's easier. Yeah, 81807. Right now on CCO, we're at 77 degrees. We're going to hit 90 both today and tomorrow. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on 830WCCO. Chris and Andy with us as usual, uh, answering your um, your real estate questions, again, by phone and by text. Text number is 81807. We'll pick up on those in just a moment. But, guys, Kurt, again, is calling from his tractor about siding. Right, Kurt? That's correct. What what specifically? What's the question? Uh, resale value. I'm gonna resize my home, and I'm just wondering uh, between this steel siding and LP smart siding, is there any advantage uh, for resale in the future? What do you guys think? Well, I think number one. I mean, siding first of all is 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 good siding is good for resale. Yeah. You know, if you have problems with their paint chips or whatever, maintenance-free is the next thing that's uh, is really good. Uh, with LP or, or steel siding, I think you're you're kind of going to be a horse apiece on that. What do you think, Andy? I'd go with either. Yeah, yeah you know, um, Kurt, that's the million-dollar question because I think we're all, you know, kind of um, we're, we're intrigued with the idea of having steel siding where it's, you, you pay a little more, you invest a little more, and then you're done, right? You don't have to touch it again. Um, it's forever. Well, until you get that wicked storm or the hailstorm or whatever. So I think every siding has, you know, some of the same similarities when it comes to the, um, you know, if, it, if you live in a perfect weather pattern, you're not going to have an issue. Great. What I do like about LP, now this is a little weird, but we use a lot of LP siding on our new construction projects. What's weird is that we like the ability to change the colors in the future. So with LP, Let's say you live there for 15 years, 10 years, and you say, you know what? I'm bored with the gray color I painted. We're going to go 
uh, whatever. And you can actually paint or re-decorate uh, uh, an LP smart side product. I kind of like that. And I think that it, it allows you in the future to spruce up the house right before you sell it using the same product. And I don't know if, if and I, I don't have enough experience with steel to know if steel can keep its luster for that long or not. I'm sure it does. Um, but I, I just know that the LP is kind of fun for options. Yeah, and I'll tell you an example. I've got um, I've just had a house this last week that's in that mid four hundred range, and it's all steel siding, and that's an advantage. I mean, that's a difference from everyone else, you know. So it's something that we would concentrate uh, when it comes to the marketing of that home. So um, you know, and it, I think it also depends what everyone else has as well. I mean, we we talk about you know the roofing, you know, if you're if you've got uh, or even uh, solar panels. You know, if you're the only house in the whole thing that has solar panels, it's a little like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. But then that's um, materials and, and style of house as well. So all of that plays into it. Uh, by the way, text number, thanks, Kurt, uh, for the call, uh, 651-989-9226. Text says this, guys, my elderly parents have a home from the 50s that uh, just jumped off the screen. Uh, hang on here. Let me find it. Where that's an it? old house. <laughs> Uh, 50s, that is in need of total updating prior to selling. Does it make more sense for them to just sell it as is and just give it a deep cleaning? It's a smoke-free home in the northern suburbs. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, I would say um, you, you've got a lot of really fun um, ways to, to have that property go to the market. One of them is cleaning it and having someone come in and make you what they call a, a an offer as is. Or on, the, on a lot of the radio um, ads we hear, they say, we'll come in. You don't even have to clean it. We'll take it. They're trying to make it super easy on you. But I'll tell you what, just beware. And it's not that they don't provide a good service. They do. Just beware that what that means is you're paying somebody else and allowing them to make profit on all the things they do because they don't do it for free. As much as you want them to think that they're doing it to help you, they're not. They're doing it to make money. Um, the second thing to do would be to put it on the open market. And right now you'll find that, a fair price on a house that's a fixer-upper can fetch way more than what it's really worth on a retail uh, level. Um, so that might be an option for you. Um, or the last option I would suggest is actually taking a look at having the improvements made and have a, uh, a local real estate agent come over and give you a value as is and show you what the value would be as improved. And you might even be able to turn that project into a profit center um, if you have the time, energy, and, and skill set to do that. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. If you have the skill set in which to do that, because getting contractors right now is really hard. And so you kind of got to also weigh the fact that, hey, if I'm going to fix it up and, and do that, it may take me three or four months. I'm losing market time. Now I'm going to be going into the winter. You know, I'm going to have utility costs. And I think if, I mean, in that situation, what I would do is I would clean that thing to the best you possibly can. And if it's the major things that usually scare the flippers because that costs them more money. But if it's just aesthetic kind of things, I don't, I think you put that on and put a value price on it. And I think you'll get multiple offers and get more than you probably might have been able to realize. Um, depending, no it sounds yeah. like that price range is, is there. And it's just, it's a real pain. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it right now. I've got uh, five of my, uh, what were rental properties are now vacant, trying to get them done. And it's it is really hard to get them done, I mean, you know. So and that's that's what I do every day. So all right, guys, we have to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go. So if you have a real estate question, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Send a text, and we'll uh, grab some more of those too as we move along. 
81807. For your text messages, 81807. We'll have a look at that CCO forecast coming right up. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on CCO. If you have that kind of a question, you can call it in or send a text. Phone number 651-989-9226. Text in the meantime is 81807. Chris and Andy, we have uh, a bunch of text messages we, we'd like to, to take care of, too. Here's one. Maybe Andy, what do you think, Chris? Could Andy uh, answer this? I think so. Question for Andy. Did you play football in college because you sure outpunted your coverage? Is it Stefan? Stefan? From Bloomington. Does that ring a bell? Uh, you know, guys, hey, come on. I, uh, it's true, I did. I, <laughs> I, I punted my coverage. I think, they're, uh, I think that's a compliment to my beautiful bride, which, by the way, guys, I'm uh, celebrating or we're celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary this week. So, congratulations. Happy anniversary, Lisa. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm shocked, too. Um, so, did you play football in college? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Okay. No to college. Yes, okay. to beautiful wife. Okay. <laughs> but I'm sure okay. you you've uh, have tons of beautiful, expensive gifts for her. Yeah, I got to get on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I just just want to. After wanna, 25, she right. just buys them herself. You know, for those uh, listeners just joining us, we were talking <laughs> earlier about uh, when people, are, you know, clients, you guys bring uh, people to, to to view a home or, or you're, you're the buyer or the seller, and suddenly, I want to see this house, but. The homeowner is still there or whatever. But here's a, a different twist. Question was from a texter, what does a realtor do if someone comes in to view a house and has unruly children? Texter says, I've seen children run around opening drawers during an open house. Uh, have you ever seen such a thing? Oh Well, yeah, but I'll tell you what. The perfect, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm going to give Andy the biggest compliment ever. The perfect realtor to have in that situation would be Andy. is Andy Prasky. Because he's, he's like a heart, big right? kid. Yeah. yeah. And the kids love him. How do you take care of him, Andy? Well, you know, I, I, uh, the best thing, Denny, is that I'm still at their level. <laughs> and uh, so we, we connect real easily. But, uh, no, you know, one of my – the oldest tricks in the book, you guys, is um, at an open house or at a showing on the counter, I always like to have a snack. Now, that could be something as, you know, simple as, you know, a, a little candy sucker, or it could be animal crackers, it could be cookies and bottles of water. And generally, kids that are unruly calm down pretty fast when you use the old, if you kids behave, you can come on over here and you can have a snack. And so that's been one of the oldest tricks in the book. Like with our new construction models, we always have something to entice a child to give the parent more time to really absorb, enjoy, and, and realize what the house has to offer. But when they're being distracting, my goodness, it, we all know what that's like. So yeah. it uh, definitely. Totally. And that is the trick. You got to try to get, you want to keep the parents there longer. Sure. So if you can entertain those kids and let them do that. But I'll tell you what, when you're looking at houses, I mean, the best way to look at them is, is not to bring the kids with yeah. them because it's just a, it, you just, you can't see them. But I mean, in some situations that you have to, but uh, you got to, I mean, because going in drawers and things like that, that can't happen. And I, at that point, right. it's kind of one of those things that you got to tell the parents that, hey, you, your kids can't do that. They need to stay with you. You got to be able well, to. Well, I think it. a lot of, wouldn't you agree, Chris, a lot of parents will bring the children along once they've already negotiated on the house and have their offer in. And and they'll they'll basically bring the kids in to say, hey, kids, pick your bedrooms. And then it's a whole different experience for the kids. Oh, yeah. sure. That's when you bring four realtors with. 
So, anyways, eight one eight zero seven. If you want to send a text, and uh, we had one earlier, uh, Chris, about yeah, uh, came rodents. in a bunch of different ways. But uh, basically, the, this uh, guy bought a house in two thousand five, and he was not uh, disclosed that they uh, there's uh, mice in the house, mice and rodents, Ooh. and so um, he's going to be listing his house in October. And in the winter, he always traps between seven and ten mice. He says it wasn't uh, disclosed to him. And uh, what does he have to do now? He's so, had pest control people over there. Right? Yeah, and they, and they say they can't fix it. Wow. And so there's a there's a key thing about disclosure right there. All of a sudden, these people move in. You don't tell them about any mice. They move in, and they call those same pest people and say, hey, we tried to come over there. We can't find nothing. You know, the mice are just getting in. They must leave the doors open or something. I mean, mm-hmm. you're in big trouble. You know, so I would 100% disclose even if you didn't get it disclosed to you have to disclose it right andy yeah you know and i guys i tell you what i i would love that you know when you when you're a pest control person you say you're the best and challenge that person to prove that they have to come from somewhere so if you build this this you know fortress if you will you seal up the exterior you get all the little ways they can sneak in plug blocked and whatever then you get the ones that are in the house out of there um, I've seen where people have had a problem, fix the problem, and then and remediate it so they don't they don't have that issue in the future. So I've seen it where I've had guys that bought foreclosures knowing that there was a rodent problem, fixed it, and then all of a sudden now they have a big beautiful home that has no problems. They've lived there for a few years and they're making a real handsome profit. Um, but maybe that's unique. I don't know. Yeah, and I think disclosing it too. I mean, if let's just say you're on acreage, I mean, that's mice are just part of the part of the thing, you know. And I think yeah. people understand that. Um, we have uh, on our acreage property, actually, in both of them, um, we have uh, you know all the mice traps set up every mm-hmm. time, and they come over monthly, and it's really not that expensive to do it. But if my wife saw a mouse, yeah, it would it would be really expensive. The psychology mm-hmm. bills on that, so. But there, there really are ways, and I've seen it done uh, with certain really good pest control people that they can seal, like you were saying, Andy, they can really seal up a house with the copper mesh and the silicone and all this stuff that they use. They can seal right. them up really well, really well. Right. Well, and you know, one of the things, guys, here's something not to freak everybody out that has a storage unit, but, you know, let's say that you decide to do the double move like a lot of people are doing right now. And you're putting your boxes in garages, you're putting your boxes in storage facilities, in a barn maybe, and then you're bringing those boxes in your house. I can almost guarantee you that there's going to be some friends that come with you when you bring those boxes in, especially if you're moving from this point towards winter. They start looking for places to nest and get ready for the winter. And it, it just be, I'd almost empty the boxes before I brought them in. You know, I know it sounds a little weird, but just food for thought. It's it's so true though. We we did that exact same thing, and the the little friends did come with. And now everything we store, everything is in those those big plastic oh, uh, yes. buckets now. Right? But, yeah. So they still seem to get in there too. And they come in. The uh, my friend Mike, pest control guy, said uh, Mike uh, mice like to start coming in even in July. They have that sense of uh, changing mm. seasons. So start early. Wow. Okay. So here's another one. Where'd it go? Um, what does it say? It's if it, it's close to the border and you can buy a four-bedroom house for less than $100,000. How hot is International Falls real estate right now? It's some beautiful country, but it's so far away. 
I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah. you, you get further yeah. away, you're going to get a, a lot better deal. But uh, that's a, the about retiring out there. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, that's, that's way up there. I'm not familiar with International Falls Real Estate. How about you, Mr. Prasky? Um, well, no, I, I'm not, I've driven through there several times on my way to Canada fishing. And I tell you what, um, that town, being a border town, has lived and died by those paper plants up there um, being available with great jobs and the iron ore and all these other companies that are up that way that when, once those plants shut down and now you have 800 unemployed people trying to make a mortgage payment, those houses can go up and down faster than the stock market. And you're going to be in a very, what I would call vulnerable market job markets that or excuse me, housing markets that have good um, sources of income jobs and are more consistent are probably a better investment. But when you're getting up North, like international falls, um, you know, it, it depends on why you're moving there, you know, and it, if you're buying a house on the rainy river or rainy lake or whatever, and it's a gorgeous setup, I wouldn't even slow down with the economy. I would, I'd focus on getting those walleyes in the boat. Yep. Got another one. Uh, guys wondering what the best way to get a low cost appraisal done to see if it's worth selling right now. I think there's some, the, some words now an appraisal is having an appraiser come out, um, and, and value it based on what's sold in the last three months. And then there's a market analysis, which uh, most realtors will come out there and 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 do it complimentary, with the opportunity to uh, kind of uh, show you what they can do and and be able to sell it. And I would go that route versus the appraisal route, um, just because number one, I mean, a cost factor. But it's it's you're really tied into the market, and we're not looking at what sold six months ago. Really, we're kind of looking at what's happening in the market right now and where it's going. How about you, Andy? I agree a thousand percent. I mean, I just. Just remember, nothing in life is free. I mean, if somebody's going to come out and give you something, you're either going to have to listen to their 10-minute pitch on why they're the best um, or what they're going to do for you that the other guys or gals won't do. Um, some people prefer to write out a check and pay for the appraisal because there's no strings. It, it gives them uh, an honest you know, bank kind of thinking opinion on what the house is worth, and then that'll at least give you a snapshot. And once you get to the point of where you're ready to list – then the real estate agents will add value onto an appraisal that sometimes the appraisers can't add, like with the view of the lake or maybe that this has sandy shoreline in front of it instead of weeds or whatever. And those are the, the that's when I get the real estate agents involved. But yes, I mean, in theory, they're not going to charge you anything, but then you have to sit through the sales pitches too. Yep. Exactly. Okay. I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a break. Right. Okay. And when we come back, Chris and I will carry on with more text messages, phone calls, too. By the way, if you want to call in your real estate question, 651-989-9226. There's a line open. You can do that. Or send a text, 81807. It's the Real Estate Show here on CCO in the Twin Cities, 77, heading both today and tomorrow near 90. And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on 830WCCO. If you do happen to have a real estate type of question, call it in, text it in. The phone number is 651-989-9226. And as you can see, Chris and Andy, we have text messages at 81807. You want to grab one? Yeah, let's do this one. This one's interesting because it's not complete. But spiral staircase in a two-story home, they replace it before selling or is it a cool feature? Replacing it would require a lot of remodeling to fit in a normal staircase. To fit in a normal staircase, so it it's, it must be the only access to that upper level, probably, to be able to get there. So, Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, spiral staircases are kind of cool in condos where they have partial lofts and things like that, or on an A-frame at the lake. Um, in a in a home 
where you're up and down and taking laundry up, I, I tell you, you'll do that once and not uh, appreciate them. So um, if you have the room, I would put a regular staircase in. Um, but with some of the new building codes that are out there, those staircases, the length of the, uh, of the tread and the height of the risers, it really brings those staircases where they span almost 16 to 18 feet. Um, and, and depending on how high your ceiling is, I mean, it can take up most of your main floor is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it, it might be, it might be become a cool feature if there was like a, the main floor bedroom. So let's just say the master was on that main floor and then maybe it just went yep. up to a couple kids' bedrooms or something or, or to a loft. That's not so bad. But if you, if you have a spiral, spiral staircase going up to where all the bedrooms are, I would that gets would, old fast. Yeah, and I would really look at that hard <laughs> and I, I try to remodel. Thousand percent. Yeah, thousand percent agree with you, Chris. Yeah, I've got a um, a townhome on the Chaska Town Course. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, but it's um, they, they're kind of two story units. But uh, the one unit's on the main floor, and the other one goes up the stairs to that area. And so now we've gotten you know because people have a problem with those stairs. It's beautiful all one level, but you got to take the stairs to get to it. Um, but is replacing that with a, an elevator instead, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and it's really not that super expensive, isn't it? To be able to call it, no, it's like it's, it was under like twenty five thousand. I mean, that's not cheap, but I mean, to have an elevator, you'd think it'd be a lot more. So, well, I've and I've actually, uh, you guys renovated a few houses where they were new construction, where you know the person was at an age, you know, like uh, where they were not old enough to where they had to limit themselves to one level, but yet they wanted to stay in the house or have the ability to stay in the house as long as they wanted. And so we've actually put the electrical in advance in um, at the bottoms and the tops of the staircases so they can do those chair riders. And I'm telling you, they've come a long way. You can put one of those in usually under 10 grand. Uh, most of them are installed for like 6,500 bucks for a full flight of stairs, depending on how many curves you have. Um, and it, it gives full access to anybody in the house. It's great. You know, we see that on the lake, too, when you have, you know, rough terrain to get down to the water, you know, is put in a tram system. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, because then at that point, uh, you know, because people typically don't want to have a heart attack going back up from the lake up to their house, and then they won't use the boat as much. And then you kind of narrow your buyers down to people that just want a great view. So what? Right. how about having a great view and being able to go up and down? I mean, but I was actually, we were on Lake Minnetonka last night, um, driving around, putzing around, looking at all the houses. It's unbelievable, the, the houses there. But uh, I saw a number of trams that were there to be able to do that. And just looking from the lake and kind of, you know, kind of spanning 10 houses, you know, and like two of them had trams. I mean, it's immediately from a real estate mind is that, okay, those ones, and it was, what was really interesting is that they had all the trees kind of trimmed out as well. And the other ones kind of had the trees filled in. So they didn't really – it's almost like they kind of forgot about the lakeshore or not using it because it's so hard to get down there. And these people are, hey, I'm, I'm taking advantage of the view and I can get up and down. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. What else do we want to talk about? Huh, Denny, you must have some questions. Well, I was thinking about <laughs> uh, those homes on Minnetonka that uh, uh, not everybody can really afford those. Well, I'm, I'm just 20 guessing. people together can. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is. I mean, some are just, I mean, but they're absolutely beautiful. And the landscaping that is done, I mean, that landscaping's got to be $500,000 alone. Now, how are the sales, and I know you guys both have different areas of expertise, but how, how are those higher-end homes selling? Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I just sold uh, three of them on Prior Lake. 
One was two point one million. Another one was one point six million. Another one was a million two twenty five. They sold in six, two, and one days. Six, two, and one days. I mean, and so, but that's Lakeshore, you know. Yeah, so some of the other, um, uh, you know, upper bracket luxury type homes are, uh, you know, they they need to have something. There needs to be something a little unique, but they're building them though. How about you, Andy? Up in yeah, the tundra. Yeah, no, we've uh, yeah we've seen. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, the, uh, the what I've seen is new construction was slower this summer. Um, and then now the last couple of weeks, we've really seen um, more people coming back in um, to model homes and, and getting the process started. Um, I think we were seeing a little more of a traditional cyclical season. And um, it, at least that's what we're all hoping that the, the nice fall here, like it usually would do, would pick up and have a, a good season. So um, I also was seeing though, that the, the amount of listings is still down. So it's, in the affordable ranges that, you know, a lot of people listening, you know, if you're under 350 and uh, they're just still the people that don't have to sell are not selling and, or they're buying first and then they're not selling um, until later. And so there's the market is definitely transitioning into something different that we're still all trying to figure out. I think what ex- exactly what direction it's going, but I don't think it's going down. I think that it's, it's just changing. It's like, there's not many houses for sale. And then when they do come for sale, um, people still want to get a good deal on them, but the sellers are well. Hey, it's a seller's market because there's not anything else for sale. You know, it's it's just a confused market. I think right now. Well, and I think too, it's, it's real important to uh, get that right listing agent because um, you you've got to set it up to sell. I mean, people hear about the market and they say, you know, just like I just said, you know, that the two point one one six one two two five, those people all prepared their home and and did it the right way. Proper marketing was put in, and that's why they moved fast. And I think a lot of times we go into houses that um, that we're showing, and you're like, "Geez, they're not even ready to sell." They just kind of threw it on the market because maybe there was, um, you know, a gap in that, and someone said, "Oh my gosh, you should do it, and you're going to make so much money." But in reality, if it's not good, they don't do it. Well, th- think about this, you know, guys. So you know, you go to the movies because there was a, a premiere on TV that drew you in. There's hype. There's all kinds of uh, emphasis put on that this is the newest, the best edition. You get to, you get excited about something you never knew you were going to be excited about versus that same movie company could just release the movie to the movie theaters. There's a big difference between promoting a listing and getting it on the market basically or to the marketplace before it goes on the market and promoting it and then or just listing it. Just listing it is not the way to go anymore, and it's proven time and time again. I mean, I mean I'm up here this, this morning here in Alexandria – and I'm still looking at some of the cabins that were for sale three weeks ago that the last time we were up here. And then there's some that have gone up for sale and sold in the meantime. And I'm telling you, it's the agents that you hire. You're right, Chris. I believe it a thousand percent. And I know you're for hire. So how do they get a hold of you? We're coming to the end here. Um, you know, Prasky.com or 763-433-0850 is my direct office. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to. Uh, and what about you? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, ChrisRooney.com. <laughs> I'm not for hire, though. Uh, are you guys okay. going to go trip the light fantastic for your anniversary tonight, Tanya? You betcha. We're going to have a little Zorba's pizza out on the pontoon, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't spare any kind of money. A big tipper, too, I suppose, huh? 
Nothing but the best for this guy that punts the ball, I guess. All right. Remember we, didn't talk, we talked about him? He was frugal, not cheap. Uh, frugal, yes. that's what it was. Well, listen, we're yeah, just yeah, about yeah. out of time. Have fun. Good. Congratulations, you, got, you and your bride, on your anniversary, Andy. Thank you, Denny. Appreciate it. All right. And, uh, Chris, uh, you guys are going to be back next week? Absolutely. Normal, same you time, bet. same station? All right, good. All right, it's going to be a hot day, probably another two and a half days Temperature-wise, 90 for a high today, 90 for a high tomorrow. Right now, see a little uh, sunshine, 77 degrees again. We're going for a high near 90.